Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Now this is the time in our service where we take a moment just to connect with one another in what we call our e-moments. If you have your phone, go ahead and take it out right now and text the word CHURCH to our uh, church phone number 306-249-0084 and there you'll find ways for you to connect with us and also ways for you to get information as well as ways to give. A few announcements that I just want to highlight. Uh, First of all, we have our Christmas Eve service at 7 p.m. on December 24th, of course, which is a Thursday evening. And uh, that will be uh, also a premiere video that you can watch together as a family. It will also be on our website and uh, and later uh, in YouTube and uh, be recorded as well. So you can watch that at another time. Please join us for this always uh, powerful and positive service, especially as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Also, um, at immediately, well, not immediately, but ter- after the service at around 11.15, uh, Pastor Layton and uh, Wes Hodgson will be hosting a coffee time together. You may have heard from Pastor Layton's uh, weekly update that we are candidating Wes Hodgson to uh, come in on staff as our CNC pastor. And so if you want to get to know Wes a little bit and have a chat with him and Pastor Layton, uh, join us on uh, Zoom at 11.15. The link you'll be able to find on our church website. It should be on the front page. You just have to click it. And finally, uh, you may have heard that we are doing a food hamper ministry over this Christmas season so we can serve and help others that are in need. Uh, there'll be a short video right after this showing some of the details uh, of, that, uh, of that program. So if you have any questions about it, please don't hesitate to call us or email us and we will do our best to get the information you're looking for, but then have a look at this video. You may have heard people say that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. Kersius is the most wonderful time of the year. But Christmas 2020, for many of us, is going to be unlike any other Christmas we've ever had. With everything that's been going on around us, Christmas 2020 is going to be a Christmas to remember. However, for many, Christmas 2020 will be a Christmas to forget. To forget. To forget. To forget. 2020 has brought incredible difficulties and challenges and many are wondering how they are going to get through and if they are going to get through. Even though 2020 seems to have been full of obstacles, maybe Christmas 2020 is also a time of opportunity. Opportunity to share the love of Jesus with those we know who need a touch of His love this season. This year, Avenues of Baptists along with our partner congregations, want to be the hand and feet of Jesus by providing Christmas food hampers to others in need. Even though we might not be able to celebrate Christmas the way we normally would, we can share our celebration with another individual, another couple, or another family and help them make Christmas 2020 Christmas to remember. 
A Christmas to remember. A Christmas to remember. A Christmas to remember. We'll be collecting hampers and food items on Thursday, December 17th from 6.30 till 8.30 p.m. And then again on Saturday, December 19th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Then on that same Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m., we will sort, organize, shop, and put together hampers so they'll be ready for distribution the week of Monday, December 21st. Our target is to put together 100 hampers so we can bless our friends, neighbors, and those in your community we know are in need. We are looking for volunteers on each of the drop, drop of days and times, as well as on Saturday and Sunday afternoons to organize and put hampers together and even a few volunteers to do some shopping. So come as an individual, as a family, or even as a smaller group. If you would like to donate financially, you can do so by designating a gift marked as hamper through e-transfer, cash or check. And if you know someone who, would, who could use a hamper, you can request one by providing us your name and a bit of information about the family in need. Depending on the needs, we might not be able to provide a hamper to everyone in need, but let's do our best to volunteer, to request a hamper, or to use the contents of a hamper text, the word hamper, to the, our church number 306-249-0084. To provide a financial contribution, use e-transfer or drop off a check or cash and designate it as hamper. Let's join together as a church this Christmas and share the love of Jesus in a practical way by serving our neighbors. Let's be a blessing to those God has placed us with and truly celebrate the true spirit of Christmas. Merry Christmas. Eid Milad Majid. Suwa Christmas. Hasien de Kersvies. to uh, ask that we now take a few moments just to join our hearts together. Again, even though we're separated by distance, we're not physically together, we can still join our hearts together, unite ourselves as one, and just spend a few moments in prayer. Join me in prayer, shall we? Father, we thank you for this Christmas season. We thank you that we are reminded of your great love for us, the time when we celebrate the sending of your Son, Jesus Christ, to earth, who came as a baby, took on our form, born in, in humble situation, and simply lived to be our King and our Redeemer. Father, thank you for the joy around Christmas. And I pray, especially this Christmas season, that we, the church, would be light and salt in a world that desperately needs to hear a positive message. Father, use us in the lives of our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our uh, other students and, uh, in our lives. 
And Father, help us to show your light the way you sent your light into this world at this time. Lord, this morning, I especially want to pray for those who may be grieving after suffering the loss of a loved one. Father, with us being disconnected, it's hard to know exactly everything that's been happening, but we know that there are those in the Ebenezer family that have lost loved ones, and even some recently. Lord, these are difficult seasons to to get through when we've suffered such tragedy. Father, we know that your spirit can come and will comfort and will encourage us at this time. And Father, we ask that we as the body of Christ would also surround our friends and our family and our church family with love and support. Father, may no one go through this season struggling because uh, we've neglected them or because we just haven't been aware. But Father, I'm going to start that prayer again. It was all over the place. I'd like to just take a moment now to, uh, to spend some time in prayer. And just to remind us that even though we're separated by distance, we can't be physically together, we can still unite our hearts together and come before the Lord as one body in prayer. So why don't you join me right where you are as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to come before you. We thank you for this Christmas season in which we celebrate the sending of your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to earth, who was born as a babe in a manger in humble circumstances, so that he could grow up and become our Savior and our Lord. Father, thank you that the whole world celebrates this time of year. But Lord, I pray that we who are Christ followers, those of us who, who claim to be your disciples, would shine an extra light this Christmas season, especially with everything going around on around us. Lord, may we be the light and salt that the world needs to know and needs to, needs to experience. Father, this morning, I especially want to pray for those who have lost loved ones. We know that over the past several months, um, many in our Ebenezer family have lost loved ones. Father, as we enter into a season of celebration, it can be very difficult for those who have suffered these tragedies to, to truly enter into that spirit. So Lord, I pray that first and foremost, you would send your Holy Spirit to bring comfort and encouragement, and then you would move in our hearts to surround those we know with love, And Father, may we be a source of encouragement for them. Father, we also want to pray during this Christmas season that you would use us in in unexpected ways, that we would be mindful of those around us, that we we would see the needs that are all around us. And Father, where we are able, we would step forward in faith and in trust and in sacrifice to help meet some of those needs. Father, this truly is the most wonderful time of year. And yet, with all the difficulties and challenges we face, um, maybe it will be more challenging than, than, mo- than many other years for many. And so, Lord, we pray that we would step into that gap and be your hands and feet. Father, thank you that we can come before you. Thank you for the work of your Son, Jesus Christ, which allows us access into your throne room. We unite our hearts together in praying for these things and other things that are on our hearts, and we unite together to bring them before you. Father, thank you for hearing us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This was the bold declaration Jesus made to his disciples on the last night they were together, as they met in the upper room to celebrate the Passover meal the night before Jesus was crucified. And these are the words that we have spent the last eight weeks studying together and looking at from several different angles with the underlying question, are Jesus' words true? Is Jesus really the only way to God the Father? Or are there many ways to God? 
Does Jesus in his teaching represent total and complete truth, or is truth a moving target that no one can really know? Is the fullness of life, both in this age and the age to come, really only found in Jesus? Or can we find fullness in other things and in other ways? Are Jesus' words true? Is Jesus' lofty claim truth? Because if it is, then his words are of incredible importance to us, and they require a response. Now, over the last eight weeks, our focus has been on answering the question, why Jesus? And in that journey, we have presented some very compelling evidence as to why we believe Jesus' words to be absolutely true and worthy to be followed. Now, if you missed some of those sermons, I think it would be worth your while to go back and, and take a listen. But for now, just let me quickly summarize what we said in those eight weeks. Uh, why Jesus? Well, because Jesus is the only way to God the Father. And because Jesus' way is the perfect exa example to follow. And because the way of Jesus is always best. Why Jesus? Because Jesus reveals the complete truth about God. Because Jesus reveals the complete truth about us, humans. And because Jesus reveals the complete truth about things to come. Why Jesus? Because Jesus is eternal life. And because Jesus brings fullness to our lives on earth. Now, I trust that God has spoken to you over these last eight weeks. I know that he has spoken to, to me and my wife, and we really appreciated the messages that Pastor Kel and Pastor Kelly preached. Now, my guess is that some of you, for some of you, God has opened your eyes to the truth of his word for the first time, or at least caused you to pause and consider the words and ways of Jesus more closely. For some of you, this series may even be a defining moment in your life and faith, because it's convinced you that Jesus really is the way and the truth and life, and it's going to solidify your faith from here on out. And for some of, of, of us uh, who have a strong faith, this series, I hope, has deepened the confidence of your faith. Now today, as we wrap up this powerful series, we're going to shift the focus away from the question, why Jesus, and instead reframe it around a new question, if Jesus. You know, if Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, as we believe he is, well, then what? What would our proper and fitting response be to Jesus' great revelation about himself? Well, there are no doubt many ways that people might respond to this revelation. But today I want to focus on, on three what I consider foundational responses every person needs to make if Jesus' words are true. And very quickly, those, those responses are, we need to first of all believe and accept. Uh, second, we need to submit and obey. And then third, we need to live and share. Well, let's unpack those together. And, and by the way, uh, this revelation response is actually the consistent pattern we see throughout Scripture. Our God is a God who wants to be known. And the way he makes himself known to mankind is through revelation. He reveals something about himself or his ways to us so that we might know him and then love him and then serve him. And each and every time God reveals his truth to us or his character to us or his ways to us, he expects us to respond to that revelation. Now, for the last eight, eight weeks, we've been contemplating one of God's revelations to us through his son. The verse in John 14, where he said, I'm the way and truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So let me ask you, what has your response been to this great revelation? You know, if Jesus is the only way 
And if He is the only truth and He's the only life, well, then what? Well, if Jesus is the only way and the only truth and the only life, then our first response is to believe and accept. If you are exploring the Christian faith or you're new to the Christian faith, uh, you may be wondering, as we've talked over the last weeks, why all the emphasis on Jesus and why all the emphasis on His words to us? You know, in this age of political correctness, why don't we focus on just being morally good people or on being kind and doing good works to others or, or to love and accept all people? You know, after all, aren't those some of the tenets of our Christian faith and the things that Jesus taught us? Well, well, those things are true and they're, and they're good, but they're fruit of the faith, not the foundation of our faith. The foundation of our faith is a person. It's Jesus. And he's the centerpiece of our faith. He's the center of salvation story. Now, just, just think about the Christmas story that we're going to be celebrating in a few short weeks. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? He was the promised Messiah, whose arrival was predicted by the prophets 700 years before he was ever born. He was conceived supernaturally and, and born of a virgin. His birth was announced by angels and celebrated by kings from foreign countries. Everything about his entry screamed supernatural and special. Jesus is God who put on flesh for us, who lived, whose whole life was lived in flawless perfection. And the words he taught and the claims he made were declared his deity. Even his premature death was full of purpose and fulfilled the sacrifice God demanded. And his resurrection and ascension proved once and for all that he was God. And all these things the more point to Jesus and fill a narrative that is clear and consistent and unchanging. Jesus is and always has been the central figure of our faith, which is why you and I and every person who has ever breathed or ever will needs to answer the question about Jesus. Is Jesus who he claims to be? You see, Jesus' claims cannot be ignored. They're too bold. They're they're too precise. And, And if true, They are true for all people. And if true, his words must be listened to because they impact all of humanity for all of eternity. And if false, well, then he's of no consequence to us and our lives can be lived however we want to live them. But whatever you decide about Christianity, it should be solely and completely based on the person of Jesus Christ, not based on some negative encounter with the church because the church is flawed or not based on the negative example of a Christian you happen to know, because they're flawed too, or not even based on the shifting culture and its ever-changing worldview. It's about Jesus. Either is he is who he says he is, or he's not. Either he was God, as he claimed to be, or he isn't. There's no room for anything else. Either he is the way and the truth and the life, or he's not. And that's the thing about all his claims. They, they were so bold and clear. And they didn't leave any room for any speculation for us. And so that's why the first response of faith is always to believe and accept. You know, Paul in the book of Romans says this, that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And so with your mouth that you, are, you profess your faith and are saved. You know, in a few minutes, we're going to hear the story of someone who who responded to Jesus and his claims. I know you're going to be challenged and encouraged by her as she shares. 
And if God is stirring something in your heart or has been over the course of this series, then then let me encourage you to, to reach out to a friend who you know has believed and accepted Jesus. Or reach out to us by typing the word respond to our church number, which is 306-249-0084. Or go to our website and click on the First Steps link. Or even just call the church office because we'd love to help you respond to Jesus and what he says about himself. For if Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, then our first response is to believe and to accept him as Lord of our lives. And that brings me to my second point. Uh, Second, if Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, then our second foundational response is to submit and obey. Another way we, we say this in the church is we call this lordship. And like salvation, lordship is inseparably linked to the person of Jesus Christ. We often describe the good news of the gospel as being that Jesus saves, that he rescues people from their sin and he redeems us. But the real good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ is Lord and King. And it's because that he's Lord of all and the true King that he has the power to rescue us and redeem us and bring healing and restoration to all of creation. Now, unfortunately, there are are some people, maybe even some of you listening today, who think wrongly or you think foolishly that, that you can believe and accept Jesus as your Savior, but not to submit to him as your King and Lord and obey his words. That's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, in the Christmas story recorded in Philippians chapter 2, we read that Jesus, when he came to earth, humbled himself. Listen listen to the words. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. But if we were to read on at the, at the verses that following, we would we'd read this. Therefore, God exalted them to the highest place, and he gave them a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What that, what that tells us is, is that Jesus is Lord, whether we think he is or not. Lordship is at the very heart of Jesus' redemptive work. He is Lord of all. And one day, every person will discover the truth about this and submit to his Lordship. But because we know right now that Jesus is Lord, and because we know that he is the way, and that he's the truth, and he's the life, our necessary and proper response is to submit to him as Lord and King and obey his words. You know, Paul makes this clear in Romans chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. He says this, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, well, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. One author put it this way, when the Lordship of Jesus is settled issue in, in the Christian's life, all the issues of our life are settled. In other words, when Jesus is Lord of our life, we will gladly obey him and serve him with joy. 
That's how significant Lordship is in our lives. So what do we mean when we say that Jesus is Lord of our our lives or needs to be Lord? Well, well, first of all, again, we, we don't actually make Jesus Lord of our life. He already is because He's Lord of all. Rather, it means that we submit to Him and that we obey His words in His ways. You know, for Jesus to be Lord of our life, it means that that He's the ruler, that He's our boss, that He's the master of our whole life. You know, not just part of our life, the part we want to give Him, but our whole life. It means that we submit to Him, that we yield our life to Him, that we take our hands off the controls of our life and allow Him to take control. So the question I want to ask you this morning is this, Uh, am I submitting to Jesus as Lord and King? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Am I submitting to Jesus as Lord and King? You know, maybe even pray and ask God, God, are there areas of my life that I might not be aware of that I'm still holding on to the controls of my life and not submitting to you? And then, and then pause and just listen to what God might want to say to you. And just remember, unless the Lord is Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. God longs for us to submit to Him as Lord. He longs for us to listen to His words and obey. In fact, He tells us in Scripture that that our obedience is better than our worship, that our obedience is His love language, that that that's how He knows that we love Him because we obey Him. In John chapter 14, verse 21, one of the great verses of Scripture, it says this, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And look what happens next. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Well, I want to just uh, pause for my sermon right now, and I want to um, turn your attention to a baptism that we did just a few weeks ago. Uh, A young girl named uh, Elena uh, Ivanischuk just shared a really powerful testimony of of her story of coming to faith and submitting to Jesus Christ as Lord. So why don't you just listen as, as she shares this morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, as some of you may not know, um, my name is Alina Ivanishik. I am 19 years old and currently a nursing student at the U of S. Um, my family and I recently started attending Ebenezer um, and this past week I was given the opportunity to be in Pastor Kyle's baptism class. And also there happened to be a baptism this week and I was given the opportunity to be a part of that. So. Um, I chose to take it, and I'm very excited and very happy that I did. Um, So, a little backstory for me. As long as I can remember, I've always had Christian influences in my life. Um, Back in Ukraine, where I was born, um, I was surrounded by a Christian environment. My family and my extended family were Christians. My grandpa was a pastor, and both my parents were very active in the church. Um, And then once we moved to Canada, Um, We were also able to connect with the church, and um, I was able to participate in a couple of ministries as well. And um, with my parents, they really helped um, have Jesus play a huge role into my life. And as for me, a moment in my faith that has played a very big role in my life was when I accepted Jesus into my heart. Um, I was 12, and it was around this time of year, um, closer to the evening. Um, It's a very vivid uh, memory. Uh, My family and I were in the living room uh, doing devotions, and my dad was reading a passage um, from the Bible, and I started to have this feeling in my heart 
At first it was a little nudge, and then it escalated into this huge overpowering presence, leaving a lump in my throat and tears streaming down my face. And then I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I want to accept Jesus to, into my heart now. So then um, we were all a little teary, and then we all knelt and prayed. I prayed, and then everyone else did. And that memory has always played such a huge part in who I am as a Christian. And it's always been so vivid and something that happened so long ago, but it's always such a vivid memory, and I really am thankful for that. So that moment, those couple of minutes, are a defining point in my faith. It was really the first time in my life where I felt God. I heard that little whisper, and I felt that overpowering, overwhelming power. And of course, not all moments in life can be that definite and identifiable. But that's the funny thing about faith. It's a relationship, mutual. Meaning just because we think we don't see God doesn't mean he isn't working. It means we might not be looking, so we might have to look a little bit more. It's hard and it takes work, and we cannot be lukewarm to it. So I have contemplated and thought about baptism for a long time in my life, but I thought I wasn't ready. But then the question comes up, what was I ready for? I thought I needed to get my life together, become a perfect Christian, have all my problems and good habits sorted out, the notion rang in my head for a while. I even think it stopped me from taking the step before. But really, this is just the beginning. I believe that baptism is very important and it is mainly an act of committing my faith and committing to God publicly. I know there will be struggles and trials in the future, but that will cause me to rely on God. And that's the beauty of it. That's why I think one of the blessings of this year was quarantine. Um, it really gave me time to think. It took away distractions. And I started focusing on little things that he has done in my life through working through some problems that I was really nervous about or through giving me guidance in life about even my career choice. I've always, I guess, haven't seen it before, but then I started noticing. So I for him and exploring the Bible more than just something I have to read to something that I want to read. And I want to take this next step in baptism. I want to declare publicly that I am a Christian and I want to serve Jesus and I want to be committed to him and his will and plan for my life. I want to live my life following Jesus because he is the only one who gives me hope. He is the one who makes me feel alive and gives me meaning. Thank you. So thank you for sharing your testimony, Alina. It's a great encouragement to us and it's evident how God is working in your life. So I just have a couple questions for you before we baptize you. First. According to your testimony, you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. And it is your own decision to be baptized this morning? Yes. Okay. Then, because of your testimony of faith in Christ, and because of the command of the head of the church, our Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Congratulations. Well, wasn't that a powerful testimony? And I, I just love to hear the stories of all people when they share how God got a hold of their lives and how they um, believed and accepted Him and then submitted to Him and obeyed His words and ways. So here's the, the third um, foundational truth or response for us. If Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, then our third foundational response is that we would share the truth about Jesus with others. You see, it's not enough for us to believe that his words are true. It's not even enough, enough for us to live in quiet submission to his word. This is a truth that must be shared. In fact, it's impossible for anyone to truly believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and life 
and say nothing. It's inconceivable that any follower of Jesus can truly believe that Jesus is the only way for the world and the only truth for the world to understand and the only life and just sit in silence. The disciples couldn't do it. You know, after they were convinced that Jesus was indeed Lord and that every word he said was true, they could not be silenced no matter what the authorities did or no matter what those that were opposed to them tried to do. In fact, at one point, they brought some of the disciples together and they demanded that they stop sharing about the good news of Jesus. And this is what this, the, the disciples' response, even though they were threatened. They just said in Acts chapter 4, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You realize that we're the carriers of the truth. How can we not proclaim that? You realize that the world is in desperate need of the truth. How could we keep that to ourselves and not tell them? You know, I, I began this sermon series eight weeks ago and just said that, that this sermon series was, was birthed out of our new mission statement. And our new mission statement is, is simply this. Our mission is to point people to Jesus. To point people to Jesus and then help them to know and follow Him. And the reason we point people to Jesus is because we believe with all our heart that Jesus really is the only way, and He really is the only truth, and He really is the only life. So let me conclude this series by, by um, asking you a question, a final question that moves us into what we're all about. And that question is this. Who are you pointing to, pointing to Jesus? Or who in your life needs to be pointed to Jesus? Have you ever asked God that question? You know, I've been asking myself that question. And I've been, I've been praying and asking God to put some names on my heart, and He has. And He's even given me a, a strategy that I think can work for me, and I think it can work for you too. And I just want to share that with you as an idea that we can pursue in the days to come. You know, the reality is, is that this COVID pandemic has presented many challenges for us. It's been, it's been tough and we've been isolated in our own homes. But do you realize it's also opened many doors of opportunities that we didn't have before or hadn't explored before? You know, one of the ministries that my wife and I have been part of at Ebenezer, Ebenezer is, is Alpha. And Alpha, if you don't know what that is, it's an established and effective program to help people explore their Christian faith in a safe environment. It's incredibly well done. And as one who has seen firsthand the impact on others, I know how effective it is in sharing the good news of Jesus. And like everyone else, um, Alpha was forced to go online during this COVID pandemic. And, and they actually had serious concerns as to whether it would be effective or not. In fact, its leaders, uh, knew for sure they would not be, but he was dead wrong. The, the response has been overwhelming and phenomenal. And then what they've discovered here in Canada is that the people are incredibly open to exploring the claims of Jesus Christ. And they're even more open to do it online than at a church. And what God has laid on my heart is for our church. And when I say church, I don't mean this building here. I mean all the house churches where you're meeting right now to consider running your own Alpha program in the new year to your friends, with your friends, 
You know, people uh, can join you through the relationship they have with you. They can join you uh, because they're, they're friends on Facebook. They can reconnect with you even though you went to high school with them years ago. They can be in different cities and they can still connect live. And, and so what we're going to look at together is we're gonna, we're gonna look at ways that we can, um, we can launch some Alpha Ministries for those that are interested. And so we'll be exploring those in, in the new year with you, but we're gonna post some things on our website and in the next while, whether it's before Christmas or maybe just after Christmas, we're going to create some Zoom meeting links to share more about this vision and how you can participate in it. And the beauty of, of Alpha is that, is that the bulk of the teaching is done by that ministry. And all we do is we sit and we listen and we talk and dialogue. And people have, have been very, very open during the season to do that very thing. But what I would ask you to do before we get into all those details, whether that comes to fruition or not, is simply go back to the, the question in our mission statement. You know, who are you pointing to Jesus? And can I ask you to at least pray, not just about hosting an Alpha, but about asking God, who in my life needs to be pointed to Jesus? Well, well listen, um, I hope you've enjoyed the, the series as much as we have. Uh, my wife and I have, have sat down and she's been busy taking notes and, and we, have, we have really felt that this was a timely and powerful message. And for those of you who, who maybe are on your journey or you've been questioning faith, um, remember, Jesus really is the only way and he really is the only truth and he really is the ultimate and only life. Don't forget that. And for those of us who are in our faith, but maybe we've just seen Jesus as our, as our Savior, maybe this is the moment that you can just submit to him as Lord. And then for all of us, as we're convinced that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, let's be bold and loving in our witness, and let's share it with people in this world, because we are the holders of truth. May God bless you. May his hand be upon you. May he use you in the lives of your friends and your neighbors. Let me pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this message, for your word, for your truth, the truth of who you are. And God, we want to be people who know you and submit to you as our Lord and Savior. You are the King, and we trust you. And God, because we know that your words are true, help us to Look for the opportunities that you're putting in front of us, that we might be bold and take steps of faith to be able to share in loving, appropriate ways the great news of Jesus Christ. And especially during this Christmas season where, we, where the focus of the world is on you, may we be bold as you speak to us about, about people. May you put names in our hearts, not just ideas, but names, names of real people who need to know you who need to hear the good news about Jesus Christ, who need to be pointed to you. And so God, uh, wherever our church is, in whatever home, may you continue to guide them, may your presence be with them, may you encourage them, and may you build them up as we lift you up. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening. 
Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you and thanks for listening. Thank you.